Hello and welcome to the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM here in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're recording this on Sunday morning, May 7th, 2023. I'm Larry Rhodes, or Doubter 5, and as usual, we have our co-host, Wombat, on the line with us. Hello, Wombat. Hey, I'm going to text my friend and ask him if his uh, counselor is actually a a Christian Christian counselor. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, good job. And welcome, Judd Pirate from West West Canada. Must be early there. I'd be 7 a.m. Oh, you're a good man. Digital Free Thought Radio Hour is a talk radio show about atheism, free thought, rational thought, humanism, Austafarianism, and the sciences. And conversely, we'll also talk about religion, religious faiths, gods, holy books, and superstition. And I should probably put Pastafarianism over there with the religion stuff. Yeah. (laughs) If you think you're the only non-believer in your town, well, you're just not. You're in Knoxville in the middle of the Bible Belt. We have a group of over a thousand of us. We're the Atheist Society of Knoxville, or ASK. And we'll tell you more about it after the mid-show break. So be sure to stick around. Wombat, what's our topic today? You can take something out of the atheist playbook, and what I want them to take is consistency. And we'll talk about that today. But before we get into that, let's have a nice little appetizer or pasta led by our own Dread Pirate Higgs for, with our weekly invocation. All right. Amidst the chaos of this world we roam, one deity stands tall above the rest. The flying spaghetti monster calls us home to a saucy and noodly paradise blessed. With meatballs tender and sauce divine, he nourishes our souls and warms our hearts. His newly appendages forever entwine, guiding us through life's uncharted parts. O Pasta Lord, we kneel before thee and raise our forks in praise and prayer. May thy meatball blessings set us free and thy noodles of mercy always be near. For thou art the saucy deity above, whose love and grace know no end. May we forever bask in thy newly love until our mortal coils we doth transcend. So let us sing of the flying spaghetti monster and revel in the saucy newly bliss he doth foster. Amen. I had a flashback. There was one extra stanza to that 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 sermon that I wasn't prepared for. And it reminded me when you know your 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 preacher's on a roll. And you're like, all right, and now it's going to be done. It's like, nope, there's four more lines. And you're like, okay, we're all of our eyes are open, guy. I think the disconnect. Yeah, we're already happened. getting up off your knees. and We've already unplugged. Get sent. <laughs> Done that prayer already. We're mm-hmm. good to go. It's like, and lo, behold, that God. It's like, we get it. We get it. Just hit send. God's happy. Uh, guys, I'm so happy to hear from all of you guys. Uh, how about we do a quick just update, see how we've been, and then we can go straight into the topic. Larry, we're going to put you first. How you been? Oh, I'm fine. Had my 73rd birthday yesterday. Yeah, Let's go. Uh, happy thanks. birthday. Thanks. Uh, played computer games all day and had a lovely dinner and cake and stuff last night. So it was Fantastic. all good. Yeah. Fantastic. Hey, you look good for 73. I'm still working. 
still working too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I went out and played some disc golf with my friends yesterday. Uh, let's see. I also had a funny incident happen where I locked myself out of my car at the disc golf park. Now, I had a situation where I'm locked out of my car. I'm in a, a place where there's no one around me, but I am a big fan of preventative maintenance. So I have uh, a plan, even though my car and my phone's locked in my car, I do have oh, my no. friends who are with me. And I said, hey, can you drive me to my home? And I realized I left my car keys, my home keys in my car too. I said, actually, can you take me to Lowe's? I did have my wallet on me. They drove me to Lowe's. I picked up a ladder. Why did I pick up a ladder? Because I leave my window open for my cat at my place. And all I needed was a ladder to be able to get back to my home. Or I had strategically placed location, a spare key available in my home. I just needed access to it. So I already had this planned out. I'm not stressed out. We go to Lowe's, we pick it up, we go back home, we fill out the, the ladder. I climb up the ladder, go into my window, get my spare key, come back down the ladder because I couldn't lock my front door. And then I went to back to the park, Unlocked my car keys, had access to all my keys, played around disc golf, went back to Lowe's in my own car, dropped off the ladder, had a funny story to tell them at Lowe's, got a full refund. Overall, good day. But I'm saying, you know, uh, it's easy. If I was religious minded, I could have blamed that on karma. I could have said there was 14 different things. But I can say that it's nice to have a problem solving mindset and realize that things can go wrong and have some. uh, For sure. And I would recommend yeah, have spare keys. They are so, so important. That's my best preventative measure. All right, Dred, what's up? How you been? Uh, not too bad. Um, I had sent along to you guys the uh, article that was recently written by Jeremy Hainsworth uh, with regard to my ongoing plight with now the, the fourth uh, government institution, the Ombudsperson's Office. Yeah, um, very encouraging. But, uh, you know, having read... Having read thoroughly the court case uh, to which these people have referred, um, I discovered that actually that court case is in my favor. And uh, because they've uh, all these agencies have subsumed the authority to determine a person's religiosity, whether it's valid or not, definitely outside of their their purview, outside Uh, of their mandate. And I have them on that. And uh, if I have to hire a lawyer to sue them, I will. Good. Sue them for a goodly amount. (laughs) Make it worth your time. Many noodles will be bought. Sue them (laughs) if it is possible to like sue, not for money, but for time and say like, if I win this lawsuit, you have to have a pot of noodles with me at like this convention (laughs) somewhere. (laughs) And one, that would show like how much goodwill you had behind it. And two, it forced... (laughs) people to do something silly and realize, oh, this is what we've been fighting against for millions and millions of man hours. Like, what have we been doing? What a great lesson for everybody about how dumb they were. Um, Speaking of which, that sounds like it's a really good follow through to our topic today because it's about people not representing the things that they stand for. And when I see people subsuming justice and integrity and objective uh, fairness for everyone, yet they are being deliberately uh penalizing marginal uh, marginalized groups for no for no reason other than they think they have the authority to do so it sort of strikes me as hey you are being somewhat of a hypocrite and if i want to take a nicer word for it i can say you are not following the rules that you are telling and forcing on other people you are not living by your own code 
And I say, you can learn something from the atheist code, of which there isn't, but there is a single position in atheism, which is, I don't believe in a God. And that is a very consistent uh, uh, stance, if you don't want to call it, that I feel like religious people can learn from that consistency as well. And I want to throw up a couple of stories. I'd love to hear from everyone else. But um, one of the stories I have is that our potluck at our job, we have a lot of uh, people from India. A lot of people from India are Hindu. And I know who in our group are Hindu and who aren't. So it's not everyone that's Indian, but they will sometimes bring in over tacos and there'll be steak tacos that people can make. And I see the Hindus reaching out for the meat and putting them in their, in their, in their tacos and eating them. I'm like, oh, hold on, hold on. Don't do that. And I've seen them do it with chili before too. I'd be like, don't do that. There's, there's beef in there. And they'll look at me. I was like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And they'll just keep eating. It's like, hey, hell, isn't like beef a whole, like uh, a whole animal? Like, yeah. shouldn't be eating. It's like, eh, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's like, why is it my job as an atheist to remind you about your own code of conduct for your particular mm-hmm. religion? And the same thing, I have family that are Muslim. And we had Ramadan recently. And I'll reach out to them and say, hey, happy Ramadan. And they'll send me back pictures of the food that they're eating in, in the countries that they're living in. And I'll, and they'll be eating the food in the pictures. And I'm like, is that recent? Because like you sh- or this is like during like uh, the week of Ramadan where you're supposed to be fasting. I'll be like, aren't you like I'm doing the math in my head. Like you shouldn't be eating right now. It's like, it's fine. It's fine. You can eat during fasting on Ramadan. Because you're only allowed to eat what you're not allowed to eat when the sun is up. But once the sun is down, you can eat. And I did the math. I'm like, wait a second. Isn't it three o'clock where you're at right now? Like, where's the spirit? Yeah, but it's cloudy. (laughs) 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 It's true. You get that. And I feel like with Christianity, there's a lot of examples where even me as a religious person, I can't tell you how many times my mom has asked for like uh, a Christmas present, even though she's a Jehovah witness or she'll, she'll like, she'll indirectly be angry at you. If you don't give her like uh, uh, a call on Christmas day or Easter or give her a birthday gift, even though she's not supposed to have that where she'll ask for information on blood transfusions that she's had issues with or inquiries about surgeries that she'll have, even though she's not. Sorry testing why is it up to me to know those rules basically and so i would love to hear if you had similar examples of people who are religious not following the religious code and you as an atheist being aware of that and like dread i know you have the perfect example because it's what you're going through in the courts right now voice yeah your Um, voice is a little high high. (laughs) go in and talk for me while i fix the microphone go in and talk (laughs) That sounded really weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like you put it on fast forward or something. Just yeah, your yeah. voice is fast forward. We don't have to dominate the entire show on it. Just You're like <laughs> catch up for me. Be a good co-host. Catch up for me. Larry. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead Dredd. Uh, well, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I kind of missed the question, um, but I did want to make a point uh, because you said that a lot of people from India are Hindus, but there's also a lot of Sikhs. And th- those two are religions are, are quite different. So um, I wonder if that is making a distinction without a difference. But uh, I just thought I'd add that. What about Sikhs? Well, that, that so uh, Ty had said that um, uh, there was a lot of the, a recent celebration he went to. Uh, there was a lot of Hindus. And uh, and people 
often don't distinguish the difference between oh. or can't distinguish the difference between a Sikh and a Hindu. Well, usually, and certainly uh, Hindus would, would not Sikhs do not like to be called Hindus. <laughs> yeah, right. We know the yeah. difference, and they're the ones who educated us. Um, mm. And yeah, there, there's just a lack of when they're out of a, when they're out of an area where there's a lot of other Hindus, they don't follow the rule their own tenets as strictly right. because yeah. no one's watching as as closely or willing to correct. Well, you know, and it's like uh, people who consider themselves. Uh, Jews, but only in a cultural sense, not in a uh, religious sense. Right. So they right. eat, uh, you know, a bacon cheeseburger on on a Saturday or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, it, yeah, I know it's the same thing all around. Uh, you know, most people are well, especially in the Bible, right? Because um, there's ways to read the Bible, like for instance, an eye for an eye. You know, the, the when. When they want to exact revenge, it's an eye for an eye because the Bible says so. Uh, and if they want to show compassion, they say, turn the other cheek. So, it, it, you know, depending on the, it's a situational, um, uh, you know, a situational thing where they can just, mm. you know, take, accept and take on the parts yeah. of the Bible that suit the situation as opposed to uh, right. being consistent. And in that way, they are consistent to their Bible. <laughs> right, right. It's like right. It, 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 it almost it gives them a pass for their own oh, yeah. democracy, right? Yeah. You can pick anything out of the Bible to support your current mindset. Yeah, yeah. Right. It sort of acts like a Rorschach test. There's right. actually a really funny skit that I wanted to share with you guys called Bible Man. And um, if you aren't familiar with it, it's a guy... There used to be a show called Bible Man that was like on a Christian television public broadcast station, sort of public, but it was actually, you know, for profitly funded uh, Christian propaganda on television, basically. And it was a guy who would dress up in a superhero costume, go to places where there are criminals doing bad things and then preach at them in his in his costume and the and the people would stop doing bad things so like robbers would try to rob a bank and be like give me all your money and then bible man will kick down a door and be like mm-hmm. john 3 14 thou shalt not spend thy thy brother's money and the kid guys would be like oh bible man you're blowing my mind i should stop doing this and they put their guns <laughs> away and they become teachers and wrestlers for local coaches for schools and stuff yeah. like that and you'd be like, oh, okay, good job, Bible man. But the skit that I saw this time was a parody of that because it was basically uh, guys robbing a bank. Bible man kicks down the door and the robbers are like, it's Bible man. And Bible man just starts shooting them and like they all die. <laughs> and like Bible man's like, Galatians 4.16, I can do whatever I want to do. And it's like he's quoting like actual things from the Bible, but he's just like, I get to do this now. And I'm just like, yeah. whoa, this guy's kind of mental he's doing whatever he wants because he's just pulling verses from the bible to justify any action that he yeah, wants yeah. Yeah, and it I makes sense that really- <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> i thought that was so apropos. it was so great but yeah um uh uh wizards with hats is the guy who made the that's that camp uh comedy skit larry would love to get some feedback on you is there anything that you've noticed as an atheist where christians aren't following the rules that they're supposed to or any other religious groups well, love thy neighbor. I mean, that's supposed to be the thing, you know, love your neighbor as your enemy. But you, this Christian right movement nowadays that uh, dominionism, where they're taking over the country, love is the last thing on their mind. You know, right. it's all about control and, and uh, division. 
and religion, right? A religious control of, of the uh, instruments of power of the government. Right, and, right, right. And it doesn't benefit people as like Lovewood. Sure. And, you know, on a more superficial level, like I've definitely seen a lot of Christians who enjoy wearing fabrics of mixed, mixed cloths, mm-hmm. so like polyester cotton blends, uh, shellfish, uh, wearing color purples. Like there's a lot of weird commandments in the Bible, not just the main 10, but obviously hundreds and hundreds that people don't realize that they're breaking. If they're, if they're a Christian that they're breaking every day, 613 yeah. commandments and like yeah. Deuteronomy and um, Leviticus alone. Right. And not only that, but like, I have a friend who um, does is a seventh day Adventist and does not work on what is it? Saturday. That's his religious day. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I will. So like, I will say, Hey, you want to play disc golf on Saturday? He's like, I can't, I, I prefer to just rest on Saturday. It's like, that's totally fine. Cause I respect your religious beliefs. I'll go have, you know, uh, I'll go play with some other friends, but thank you very much. And if you're free on Sunday, let's hang out on Sunday. And then Saturday he'll come back and, or he'll send me pictures of things that he did on Saturday where he's hanging out with friends making like, what's up, Dred? Well, I was just going to say, you said that you respect his religious beliefs. Right. Now, do you respect his right to believe what he wishes or, or do, do you, you respect, respect those beliefs? beliefs? I what yeah. you're saying. I guess you know it's a it's a it's a euphemistic statement of, I'll I I'm not gonna tear you apart, even though you know that I believe a different thing. That's it. It's okay. a, it's a euphemistic statement. That's it. Well, yeah, but I want to read too much I, into I, the exact verbatim of it. But this is, yeah, a, I you. think, a point that uh, many uh, people of religious faith uh, take issue with is that. They think you should respect their beliefs, right? Not their right to believe, and that's the distinction. Mm-hmm. Some um, beliefs are just that I, that I tend to point out with people right. is I I don't have to respect. And actually, that recent video I made about ad hominem versus challenging beliefs, mm. uh, it's it's an important distinction to make. I think uh, that you know it's I'll I'll you know defend someone's right to believe what they want to my own death. But I will not say that I have to respect their beliefs. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I, at least even in this context, I didn't find the belief particularly harmful to take a day off on a religious context. So I guess in in some literal aspect, I do respect the idea of taking a day off. So like, if that was also uh, adopted by a religious ideal, it's still. It's still an idea that I respect taking like a day off to just like reprieve because he has a lot of he does like a really monotonous task at our job and it's good for him to take a break. But the main thing was he didn't want to play disc golf on Saturday because it's part of his like I can't work on Saturday, but yet he will still drive to a place buy model paint things for figurines for like this uh, 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 tabletop like war thing and he'll like paint soldiers that have like skulls and angels and demons on them and like throw dirt on them and like these like giant monsters he'll like portray that are from a demonic dimension warhammer is what it's called and he's like in my head it's like we could have thrown this and that would have been at least more acceptable in like the religious context compared to like, Oh, I got to go paint demons instead. I got to make them look as realistic as possible and have them chewing apart human soldiers with blood coming down their face and stuff like that. I'm like, 
I, it's not technically working, Ty. I'm not technically, but you're going somewhere and you're driving and you're buying something and coming back home and you're toiling on something that's clearly demonic in a lot of other people's eyes. But like, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that either. I just have an issue with the consistency or the the adherence to a tenant that you 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 claim to believe in that's controlling your life and yet how you actually operate in society and and why these two things are desperately apart from each other. Yeah, and it, and it's interesting also, Ty, that uh, people will select the things that they'll abide by, right? That are you most know, comfortable. They to won't them. work on Saturday, but they'll eat the cheeseburger. You know what I mean? Or the bacon cheeseburger. You know, right? Like, um, you know, it's being very selective about what it is that appeals to you to do uh, without, like you say, without any kind of consistencies. Right. I feel also like it's sh- the thing that doesn't bother me is isn't so much the hypocrisy. I kind of feel like that's inherent to human nature. There's a times where I've been, I feel like a hypocrite. It just, it bothers me when it is both my bane as an atheist to be pigeonholed as like this outlier of a well-meaning society, but also the person who's in the best advantageous position to objectively see when people are going outside of their script. And why isn't our perspective on that the one that Christians go to first to figure out if they're actually being adherent to their beliefs? Like if you're a Christian and you want to know if you're being a good Christian, talk to an atheist because they'll tell you, <laughs> they'll most likely know the rules better. They'll have read the book in a yeah. more objective state and they can say the rules that you're breaking or not breaking. If you go to another Christian, they'll be like, oh, you're fantastic. You just got to pray. You got to do this and give me 10% yeah. of your paycheck. If you talk to an atheist, they'll be like, well, if you really care, here are the rules that you're breaking. Bam, bam, uh-huh. bam, bam, bam. They'll be like, oh, I got a lot of extra yeah. work to do. It's like, yeah. And you want to, you want to have a conversation about why you believe that? Because I'd be happy to have that with you too. That's just my points. Well, most atheists have gone through religion, know all about it, come out the other side right. with a lot of knowledge about the religion. Mm. Now, some of, have- some atheists, very few atheists, were born into a secular home and never learned about religion except what they wanted to study just to be aware. But sure. so many of us have gone through and got the T-shirt, been there, done that. And there's also the idea of like, even just being friends with an atheist, couldn't that be against a religious code? Now, that's something I'd like to think about. So if you're a Christian and you have an atheist friend, isn't that inherently or a Pasiferian friend or a friend that's just of a a, a heathen, uh, someone who does not believe in your one true God? Can you truly be friends with that person in, the, in terms of what you're allowed to do in the context of your religion? Dredd, are you familiar with any stances like that in Christianity or even Pastafarianism? Well, there's no uh, problem in Pastafarians being uh, friendly to anybody of any kind of uh, faith right. uh, whatsoever. Of course, uh, as long as they're open to eating pasta, then uh, we, we get along famously. Um, yeah, no issue there. Okay, good. But I do know, I do feel like at least it's practice that there's otherism, tribalism, and issues with Christians being friends with, or at least very close friends with, like, people. Yeah, well, I mean, when you think about um, even in the Muslim, where the, you yeah. know, Islam, uh, where you're supposed to kill apostates, right? Yep. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, what's funny is I, I just typed in Google, I said, can an Kenneth Christian be friends with an atheist? You get two totally separate answers. 
Uh, one of them says, uh, no, Christians should never be friends with non-believer. After all, Jesus was only friends with good religious people. And I think it was a kind of a smart alecky answer on that one. But then it says, uh, my friend says she doesn't believe in God. Can I share the gospel with her? Which is a totally different thing. It's a different uh, thing. Yeah, right. Because you want to hang out with them to proselytize to them. So it's, right. it's for your religion, not for them right. or for you. Right. You want to hang out with people who you couldn't turn into Christians so you can get extra Jesus points. But the yeah. thing is, would you be willing to just accept the fact that you have a friend that doesn't believe in a God and still be friends with them? I feel like that even influences marriages as well. Like I've had, and we could talk about this in the second half of the show, but um, if you marry someone who's out of your religion, is there in your back of your mind the intention of you converting them? After the after the marriage fact, I certainly know that there are relationships that I'm aware of that tried to do that. But there's also a lot of influence within a religion to marry within the same religion. And mm-hmm. so Muslims tend to only marry other Muslims. Christians tend to marry people who they establish as other Christians. And I find like you never see a lot of mix between the two. Even like Jewish, like even even Jewish Christian, it's like there's not as much mixture. And I'm wondering, is there... Is there explicitly any sort of religious basis on that? And for the people who... Oh, yeah. Um, Christianity says, thou shalt not be unevenly yoked. In other words, if you're... Yeah. Don't yoke yourself to somebody who doesn't have a Christian belief is what they're saying. Wow. They're talking about marriage. Yeah. So, you know, it's a shame because there's a lot of benefits that can come from having a multicultural background. And, um, And for the people who are mixed in their beliefs and do start a relationship, whether it's best friends all the way to marriage. I find like a lot of people get a benefit out of that, even if the religion explicitly says not to, or that's a bad thing. I feel like from, from an atheist point of view, I don't have a problem with it. That's just more communication that needs to happen. Um, Dread, any final thoughts before? Um, no. <laughs> Larry? Yeah. Um, take, go ahead and take a break. This is the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM here in Knoxville, Tennessee. We'll be right back after this short break. The Bible tells me I was made for and from man. And I must do for him everything that I can. I must surrender to his will. Yeah, I must submit. I can't make the household decisions. Cause I am unfit It tells me my place With everlasting grace The Bible tells me I must be silent You can't hear my voice My role has been divinely defined And I have no other choice I may not be a teacher of men I must cover up my shame These are the laws of the one who in vain I cannot name He tells me my place with everlasting grace And my punishment for wanting to learn Touch me, and it has nothing to do with where I've been. 
It is part of who I am It is because I corrupt men I was asking for it just by being a woman To tell me my place Welcome back to the second half of the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. I'm Doubter 5, and we're on WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Let's take just a moment to talk about the Atheist Society of Knoxville. ASK was founded in 2002. We're in our 21st year now and have over 1,000 members. We have weekly in-person meetings every Tuesday evening at Knoxville's Old City at Barley's Taproom and Pizzeria. Look for us at the high-top tables or if it's pretty weather outside on the deck. We also have a Tuesday evening, uh, first Tuesday of each month, Ask Zoom meeting. If you don't live in Knoxville, you can join us there. If you'd like to join us, email us for details at askanatheist at knoxvilleatheist.org or letschatse at gmail.com. You can find us online on Facebook. Go to meetup.com and look for Knoxville Atheist or go to our website. KnoxvilleAtheist.org. By the way, if you don't live in Knoxville, you should still go to Meetup and do a search for an atheist group in your town. Don't find one? Start one. Start one. That's right. Where, one back, where do you want to pick up? Uh, random aside, random aside. Um, culturally, culturally, we can be born into an environment where there's just social things that we accept to be true. And we don't really think about them a lot. And it can come from what language we speak. Like, hey, it's not a big surprise you speak English if your parents speak English. And and likewise, it shouldn't be a big surprise that you like the music that is particularly in your geographically locked location. So like if you're in Tennessee, you might have a, a nice appetite for Chris, uh, country music. And it shouldn't be a surprise if your parents are both Christian or Muslim that you are at least exposed to that as well. Um, the The shocking thing is, how many times do we get an opportunity to examine the beliefs that we have from an objective point of view and understand not within the context of how we were raised or the culture that we were in, how we were indoctrinated into particular belief sets. And what I find is the benefit to know that is when you get that multicultural experience. So I talked before in the first half that multiculturalism is really useful. If you have a parent that's a Muslim and another one that's a Christian, you as a kid have a really interesting opportunity to actually see these two completely different belief sets and be like, huh, well, you know, like, how does this actually mix? And can they both be true? And like, what's going on here? And why aren't you guys angry at each other? Oh, you guys both love each other? Okay, well, then why this doesn't have to be contentious issue different people can believe different things and they can still like each other as people. That's a very good, healthy mindset to have and, and maybe influence what they actually believe is true too. And I recently always thought that, for example, myself, that you had to drink milk uh, as one of the basic food groups. It was like a dairy section in the food pyramid and you had to have milk. It wasn't until I took biochemistry in graduate school that I realized adult humans are not supposed to drink the milk of cows <laughs> into their adulthood that was just a lobby by the dairy industry to make sure people uh, are supposed to drink it mm. and things like lactose the sugar that's in milk when you're lactose intolerant you're normal that's that's normal you should be you shouldn't be eating lactose and it's not a disease it's just the fact that 
you can only become lactose intolerant when you give yourself enough time to be normal by stop drinking milk because you're not supposed to be digesting that sugar in the first place. And that blew my mind. And I thought, wow, I, just because I lived in America where milk is a very prominent resource and a good commodity for selling that mm -hmm. I realized how ingrained my understanding of my reality was based on my upbringing. And if it could affect me on milk, imagine how much it could affect me on just how I treat other people, how I think about other things and the religions that I'm exposed to. So Dred, I'm glad that you're doing your Pasiferian exposure. I'm glad it's being publicized. And I'm glad that you are making an effort to let people know, hey, I exist. It's a thing. Deal with it so that people can have exposure to that culture. Because otherwise, it you're going to have the exact same thing happening to you from these boards that have no authority over you to the layman conversations. And likewise, Larry, you're doing a great job letting people know you're an atheist. You do do a lot of trolling on Facebook. That, that's troll. something we can do. I do hear. not troll. <laughs> I don't troll. He no, wakes up people... in the morning, he's like, what memes can I make today? <laughs> I've, seen this stuff you post. I've seen the stuff you post, but it's good that where there's like all these different approaches to letting people know that there's different cultures. I just represent. To get it. I just represent Larry right. Rhodes. Quotation. All right. So the thing that I wanted to bring up was last week, I brought up a friend of mine who uh, said he recently came out as agnostic and atheist to his wife. His wife did the same thing, too. And they both sort of knew where they both were, but didn't want to make it explicitly clear. And when he confessed, she did, too. And now for the first time, they're both on this new level of honesty where they both know they don't believe in a God. They haven't told their kids yet, even. And they're just realizing wow, what is this new world that we're in? Let me reach out to my one atheist friend who who helped me or helped me understand what I needed to do on my own to get out of my own dogma. And he reached out to me. We played some disc golf. We talked again this weekend. He was the friend who helped me get the ladder, by the way. Uh, the, the idea that we talked about in the car was personal responsibility. And one of the things he was greatly overwhelmed with is you know, ever since I said I was agnostic or atheist or whatever, he's still getting used to the terms. Mm -hmm. um, I realized like my work started getting a lot harder. Like I'm getting a lot more responsibilities. Uh, my my relationships with my my wife are on a completely different dynamic, and uh, just things in my life just seem more more higher stakes because I used to be able to pray. And and believe in that God over had a plan to Jesus. For me. Right. Yeah. And now I'm realizing that like everything's on me and it's filling me up with a lot of uncertainty. And so I said to that, well, I had two concerns. I was worried that those uncertainties and 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 fears and responsibility and that weight would make him go back into religion. But he's like, I'm at the point where I couldn't be reconvinced that God exists again. So like that is a bad state to be in when you're an atheist because you just like you let go of the safety line because you know there's nothing at the other end of the safety line, but you also don't have the fulfillment of comfort that you get from religion either. Isn't that a terrible position to be in when you realize, yeah, it is all on you and you never really had a chance to exercise that muscle of dealing with that personal weight and you don't have anything else because I don't have an answer for you. It's just an yeah. uncertainty that you're going to have to deal with. But it always was. He just, he needs to realize yeah, it always was on him. He just never mm. thought of it. Never uh, took time to evaluate that. Good point, Larry. Yeah. It's not like you got a new load. It was always there. You're just looking mm -hmm. at it now. Right. Like you, or you were, you were just pulling... passing on the responsibility of it, just letting things happen 
but uh, allowing some supernatural friend to theoretically take care of it. That's sure. like I wrote a, a an article about Jesus takes the wheel, you know, uh, how that's a really bad philosophy because what you're really doing is is ignoring your responsibility and kicking the can down the road and letting just nature take its course because you don't know what it's going to do, but you're right. accepting no responsibility for it. Right, 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 right. And I can say this too. It's very similar to like, he's pulling a load. He's pulling a load of responsibilities behind him. Mm-hmm. And instead of him giving credit for the load that he's dragging forward, he's mm-hmm. saying, well, God's pulling this for me. It's like, you're clearly yeah. doing it. And then when we realized that there wasn't a God doing that for him and it's just him, he's like, whoa, look at all this stuff behind me. It's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. but you've been pulling it the whole time. That's right. So like, Mm -hmm. think about how old you are. Think about all the things you accomplished. You did all of that. You did all of that. You're responsible for all that. So it's not like you'd never had the strength to do it. You're just aware that you're doing it now. And while it's scary to have this as a lucid moment, it's a strength that you've always had. And you can continue to do it. You continue to pile more stuff on it. And so what do you think, Dred? Well, I was going to say, it reminds me of that Footprints uh, uh, litany uh, where, you know, there's two sets of footprints in the sand and then it goes to one. And mm-hmm. uh, the guy says, "Why, well, God, why did you leave me? And he says, I didn't leave you. That was when I was carrying you. Mm-hmm. And, it's like, and that's that that does seem to reflect the mentality that you're talking about here. Hmm. But the opposite, right? Because it's not it, yeah, it, the no, idea would be like totally, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's, yeah. A, it's a it's a bit of a delusion, right? It's, right, it's to think right, that right, right. The whole time you've been, you know, uh, uh, you know, held up uh, by somebody that doesn't exist, uh, right? And then, in the absence of that, you feel that the burden is heavier. Well, it's not. It's it's always been you. You know. Yeah. Well, well, while there is that footsteps in the ocean uh, analogy, there's also like every sports movie of the 90s analogy where it's like the coach comes in, there's a kid, there's a team that's just not doing well. And he's like, listen, guys, I found a magical orange. And all you have to do is touch this orange and you'll get all the slam dunks. You'll get all the touchdowns and the kids all touched it. It's like, Trevor, I believe in you. You just got to work harder on your homework and touch this orange. And Trevor does harder on his homework and he touches the orange and he makes a slam dunk. He's like, Billy, you just need to confess to that girl and say you love her and and touch this orange and you'll get the touchdown. He's like, he 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 asked Jennifer out on a date. She says yes. And he touches the orange and he makes a touchdown. He's just like, the whole team's like, great. And the next thing you know, one day the coach drops the orange and he steps on it and it smashes on the floor. And they're like, no, the magical orange. And the coach is like, it wasn't the orange kids. It was you the whole time. And the kids are like, oh, and then they win the game. It's the exact same thing. It's like every, like uh, leaving behind your Christianity is a lot like realizing that that magical rabbit's foot or that lucky charm or that magical rock that you had, or even that magical orange never, never had an influence in your life. And that all the things that you're doing was because of you taking accountability, responsibility, and action on your life. That's, that is a good thing, but it's also a disconcerting thing. And here's my, here's my question to you both. Christianity provides a lot of comfort because you don't have to think about all the responsibility that you have. Atheism has none of that. It's literally just one position on one question. What can we do as an atheist to help people who are coming out of their religious mindset and leave behind all that comfort? What can we do to help them be more comfortable or let them understand what the nature of uncertainty actually is? Dred, I'll throw it up to you first. What do you think? Oh, Larry, I saw you opening up your mouth too late. There was a little bit of lag. Do you want to go on ahead? Go on ahead, Larry. Let, let Gary go ahead. Or, or let, go ahead uh, well, I was just going to recommend that they that there's some lawfully 
good, fine people at recoveringfromreligion.org Very nice. uh, who, who are answering these questions every day and that they, they might start going, start there by going to recoveringfromreligion.org. But the other thing is, um, just realize that, um, like you were saying, it's it's all on you anyway. I mean, it's always been. Um, there is no magical answer, and uh, where you have where you got to at this point is because of what you have done, not what your invisible friend has done. No matter what you might think prior to this, uh, Dred. Uh, I was just going to say, um, I've got this. Uh, guy trolling my uh, channel now uh, by the name of Wesley Curry the second uh, you don't have to give him credit but okay he's uh, oh no I just wanted to point it out uh, just to make sure that he got named um his uh his thing is uh Jesus is, go- is Jesus is going to rid existence of your type persons so I said awesome thanks for playing <laughs> Oh my goodness! Um, yeah, first prove that he's real. Then we can talk about what he's going to do. <laughs> right. There's an order of operations before uh-huh. any. So yeah. why do we say that? Because if someone says, "Well, let's talk about how God made the universe," it's like first prove that a God exists, then we can talk about it. Because yeah. you don't get a special seat at the table because the guy who's saying it's pixie magic and pixie magic made the universe, he doesn't get a seat at the table. And the guy who's saying uh, my lucky horseshoe created the universe, he doesn't get a seat at the table because they haven't proved that there's magic or pixies yet, right? right. So therefore, the guy who's saying God did it has to, a burden of evidence to prove before he can sit down at the table. What? Meanwhile, we can prove science exists. That's the whole concept of science. It's like demonstrating that these things happen. Mm-hmm. So we can model it. We can demonstrate that it's it's testable. And now you get a seat at the table, and we can talk about it. There are other seats. But until they prove their case, they can't come at the table. That's, <laughs> that's basically my idea. Dred, what do you think? Um, well, I was going to say, I've been uh, one of the podcasts I listen to is uh, Sean M. Carroll. He's a uh, physicist and philosopher at uh, Johns Hopkins University. And uh, he, I, he had this great uh, uh, YouTube um, uh, show that he talks about whether God is a good explanation for the universe. Okay. And he showed, he showed a picture of the Hubble deep field where you see, you know, thousands and thousands of galaxies. And he said, that is one good reason why God is not a good explanation, because if if God created the universe, why waste all that space? Just, just for us. You know what I mean? It was, I, that I, one I cool it was a great point that he made for that one cool picture. Yeah. Or you ever, here's why here's a Christian mindset. You ever have, um, you ever go to like, like, uh, I was a kid. You ever had gone to like a, a fair or like a grocery store. Let's do a grocery store and you want a toy and you're like, mommy, I want a toy. It's like, you're not getting that toy. None of these other kids are asking for toys. Do you see all these other kids? <laughs> perfectly behaved and so like when god made this universe he's like why are you guys messing up all these things why are you have all this sin look at all these other universes there's no sin out there why can't you be like your your older brothers and younger brothers out there like they're doing a good job why you have so many problems here at one planet get your stuff together he's just showing us good examples that's all that's what the whole deep field is all about (laughs) perfect anyway 
Um, I did get a really good feedback from my friend, though. He said he's reaching out instead of to prayer and his pastors, he's going to actually go to a marriage counselor to help with his uh, new dynamic with his wife. Because I told him, hey, it's actually a good thing that you're, you're getting that help because you have people invested in helping you and you're reaching out to them rather than like the spiritual uh, aids that you were relying on. Mm-hmm. But also you and your wife have a new level of honesty that you've never dealt with before because you're dealing with so much misinformation beforehand. And now you guys really get a chance to understand each other on this, on this new non-spiritual level. And that is, that could be a really good thing. And you guys both seem like you're working towards it. He's like, yeah, we're not, we're not arguing. It's just, it's weird talking and knowing what we can, how to engage with each other on this new level. And so it'd be good to have like a third party in there. Larry, you did make a mention though, that you want to make sure that the, uh, counselor was not religious. And I think that's a, that's a fair point because you could have like a, a religious therapist is like, you know what you guys need the Bible. <laughs> so yeah, that's good. I was going to Go point ahead. out that, uh, you know, along with your friend, uh, my, my wife and I are, uh, of different, um, faiths as well. Uh, she, um, she's a Mennonite. That's how she was raised. She not as strong, like she doesn't go to church or anything like that, but uh, she does believe that, uh, you know, her parents are in heaven and that when she dies, she'll go to that place with them. Um, but uh, yeah, we managed to make, make it work uh, so far. You know, it's been for me, I've, I've been a pacifying for about you know seven years now, I guess. Um, and I think it's getting easier for her. Uh, you know, when I go, to have past ats, which is our monthly uh, pasta feast, you know she, you know I, I, I can tell she gets kind of out of sorts about it, sure, um, because she doesn't buy into it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know when the when the event is over, uh, you know she's she's back to normal, and um, actually she was on this. Uh, uh, she went to San Diego for, on a cruise, uh, a turnaround cruise. And uh, she actually brought me back a pirate hat. Nice. So I, I thought, well, that that's that's actually uh, pretty amazing. So there you go. There's two people of different faiths that get along. So I have a question for you. How long were you guys married? We have been together for 20, 23 years now, I think. Okay. Okay. So you guys. All right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Were you a man like still together for that? Were you a Mennonite when you guys met? No, you personally? No, no. I, I was uh, like I was a bit of a waffling Christian, I guess. Uh, got it. Yeah, becoming a a non Christian took several years. Mm. Like wow. you know, like many people, the more I read, right, uh, the more I I just couldn't. The more you examined your beliefs. Yeah, the more I examined the beliefs, uh, the more I could reconcile them uh, with reality. So, sure. And there's a in my head, there's a so strong atheism has a weird connotation in that it's typically given to people who are agnostically atheist, which in my head is an untenable position. Uh, it, it takes an extra step further. But in my head, strong atheism is typically people who are atheists for, and this isn't the general con- context, uh, consensus of what this word is, but strong atheism is people who have done enough work to understand 
that it is about a standard of evidence and have such a good founding of why they're an atheist that they don't necessarily waffle on position, yet they're open-minded and they understand the terminologies. They understand the the idea that it is purely just a, you haven't met the the standard of the evidence for the claim that you've made. And as soon as you do, I'll believe it. But until then, you don't. And I can't, it's not my job to try to figure out what that, uh, the standard of evidence is for an unpo- overpowerful God. That should be something that that God is capable of, but it's also not my prerogative to tell that God what to do. And it's up to that God to decide whether or not, if they if it's in their powers to convince me or not otherwise. Other than that, I'm happy being a good person. I'm going to figure that out on my own. Like, I kind of consider that as like a really strong atheist position to the point where I don't have to worry about checking in with them. <laughs> a week from now or a month from now and being like, Hey, are you still an atheist? Like, no, I'm a Baptist. Now I tried it out. And I was like, I was an atheist because <laughs> I liked the letter a, and I wanted to get the shirt, but then I decided I didn't like black that much. So I was like, ah, screw this. I didn't want to pay the fees or the dues. Like what fees or dues? It was what dues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I didn't like feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. I remember you had uh, some comments or questions by somebody that said that, or was it a guest that we had? Yeah. Uh, who said he was an atheist and then became a Christian. Correct. I was like, well, you couldn't you couldn't have become an atheist and then converted back to Christianity because th- that um, the atheism couldn't have been genuine. Because there's no evidence to support um, Christianity. So, you know, an atheist well, doesn't have sufficient evidence to believe in a I, God. I hear, you. I hear you. I hear you. I hear I believe that you could believe something like a God and that makes you not an atheist or like a believer or a theist. Right. And then for whatever reason, you can have a moment of clarity where you understand you don't have a good basis for your belief and you become an atheist because you don't believe in that God or any God claim anymore. And then for whatever reason, you don't like the feel on the other side of that fence and so you begin to drop your standard of evidence so that you can get rid of all this uncertainty and fall back into a belief system. And when you drop your evidence, standard of evidence low enough to the point where it's not as meaningful, you can you can easily believe in a God again. And yeah. once you believe in that God again, guess what? You're no longer an atheist. So like, I understand the transition. What do you think, Larry? Well, yeah, uh, a lot of people, well, a lot of Christians will say that I've never been a Christian because... I wasn't a real Christian if I could ever give up my belief in God. Mm. Uh, and it's this is the other side of the fence. When actually what you can do is you can be a Christian and you can be an atheist. But then you may have come up with a further newer definition of God that you mm. can live with and that yes. you think might actually exist. Um, right. You know, you, you can come back into a belief of a different kind of God or a different level of God or a God that has a different uh, job as it were. Uh, right. So beliefs change all the time. I'm not really, you know, overly concerned with people say they used to be, I will always ask them what changed your mind to go back. I will always ask them that. And then I will, if I can point out the flaws of that kind of thinking. Right. And for me, it's, it's that plus, okay, I'm fine with you being a Christian. Are you still asking questions? And Mm -hmm. if they're not asking questions, that's the problem. And so 
it, it it speaks to a degree of closed-mindedness that I've always worried about when you fall into a big religion, because I'm an atheist, yeah. and I still ask questions about atheism. I'm still willing to dismiss atheism, leave it on the side of a curb if I had a better option. And I'm constantly thinking about processes and, and complaining about science. Man, yeah. let me tell you something. I got fish oil right here in my hand. I, I've gone through like this four-day... St- tirade in my mind on like what's the scientific benefits of fish oil it doesn't seem like it has anything of value in it and i'm reading up stuff just scientific claims and clearly there's like good stuff in fish oil but not all fish oil has that good stuff and there's like lipids that are absolutely useful but if they're not at a high enough concentration in fish oil then you shouldn't be taking that fish oil so it's not so much the fish oil that's important it's these two uh, uh long chain lipids that are useful that your body needs and needs to get from its diet. But you can get them from walnuts, flax seeds. You can get them from eating actual fish. You don't need the fish oil, but this does provide a convenient way to eat it. And so you really have to just make sure that there's no mercury and that it has those two ingredients. And I'm reading these things like, well, then how do they do their mercury testing then? Like I'm constantly thinking about science all the time. I think it's good. But when you're a Christian, you're like, well, the Bible said this and that's all. No, that, that's that's it. My pastor said that and that's it. I'm just like, why aren't you asking yeah. questions? You have this. Yeah. It's your what, body. It's your chance. Right. Go for what it. gets me is, there, is, there, is there anything good in snake oil? Do they have good nippets? <laughs> maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some good mm-hmm. omega-3s in there somewhere. Yeah. But no, they'll always come back. You know, if they used to be an atheist, they'll, they never come back to just deism. They always come back to like Christianity or, or uh, Mormonism or whatever. Uh, and I always ask, how, I can understand how you could maybe go to deism since we don't have an answer to what created the universe, you know, what right. fine-tuned the universe and all the first cause and all that stuff. But how do they make the leap from a deistic God to a re- whole religion when there's nothing more to support it than an old book? And there are thousands of old books, old, right. old holy books in the, in the world. Why right. choose that yeah. one? I, I guess that's what I was trying to get at is that. You know, a, a Christian who is maybe having a crisis of faith doesn't become an atheist. It's a Christian having a crisis of faith. And that, you know, when they go back to it, it's just reinvigorated by the same, because there's no additional evidence to add to it. Um, I guess that's kind of what I was yeah. what I was getting yeah. at. Was, yeah, a Christian it, with a crisis you know, of faith. The, becomes a for person. someone to call themselves an atheist, yeah. Is again, in some cases, they're just having a crisis of faith, well, uh, whether it lasts a week or a year or two years, whatever. Um, and that uncomfortable feeling might might get them or get them to accept the new claim against, you know, for the for the Christianity or the religion that they hadn't considered before and let right. them fall back into it. Let's talk about that uncomfortable feeling, because I remember the I consider it a parable, but it is just a story a, a fairy tale of the emperor's new clothes, where there's an emperor who doesn't wear. He got convinced by a couple of snake oil salesmen that there is this invisible thread and they made an entire wardrobe out of it and sold it to this king. He wears it out in public and he's essentially naked. He feels a draft and he's like, oh, but that's just the quality of this fiber. In my mind, that is the that that degree of uncertainty, the idea of like, hey, there's this nagging sensation that I might be wrong about stuff or Mm -hmm. I might need to be doubtful of things. And it's up to you to recognize it or not. And you can ignore it and say, no, I'm covered in clothes. This is good. I have all the confidence in the world. I'm 100 percent certain that I am wearing clothes in public right now. Or you could recognize what that draft is and be like, 
oh, maybe I'm not wearing clothes. Maybe how I treat people isn't good to resolve itself by just praying in my own quarters. Maybe I should go out and if I injure or harm someone or say something particularly offensive to someone I care about and I was being unreasonable, I can make amends personally with that personally with that person uh, and not in my in my own private space with my own relationship with my personal God. Um, yeah. I feel like the, the <clears throat> that degree of uncertainty is sort of like a spark of empathy. And if anything, quality ignorance that lets you know that you could get on the path to learning about stuff in a meaningful way. Dread, you love reading about physics and understanding like latest scientific articles. You have to do that from a position of, I don't understand or I don't know where, I don't understand the conclusions yet until I read about them and then understand the the conclusions that are being made. You don't go in with the impression of, I know this field of science and I'm just here to verify my own conclusions. Like you have to understand that there's a point of ignorance you have to enter into a lot of different complex ideas. What do you think, Larry? Oh, you're on mute, my buddy. I wanted you to go back to that phrase that I'd never heard two words put together before like that. Quality ignorance? Yes. What do you mean by that? So the idea of quality ignorance is, is, man, why'd you ask me this with four minutes left in the show? We could have made a whole show topic about that. How about that? We'll save it. We'll save it for next week. Okay. That's a good one. Sounds good. All right. I guess we should start closing out. Yeah. Dredd, is there anything you'd like to plug? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. sure. My uh, channel is uh, Mind Pirate on YouTube, M-I-N-D-P-Y-R-A-T-E. I've actually been getting, uh, you know, some more uh, joiners on, like uh, uh, more people on my channel. So I appreciate everyone that joins, uh, even the nut jobs like Wesley Curry. (laughs) Um, And thanks, Data's Trading Room, for... uh, inspiring oh, me to uh give him a timeout. <laughs> nice Dallas, you're <laughs> always check me uh, out I'm, I, I do i live stream the show at 7 a.m sunday mornings uh when i'm able nice and thank you for all our art and commenters we'll go over your comments in the next week episode too we'll do quality ignorance in next week's uh show you can also find our shows on let's chat this or let's chat se I, G, at Gmail is my contact if you want to send me long form comments. We appreciate those as well. But also, I have the YouTube channel, which is just at Let's Chat. Larry, all you. Uh, sorry for the noise. Out, there's a truck outside idling or something. But anyway, uh, my contact can be found at digitalfreethought.com. Be sure to click on the blog button for our radio show archives, atheist songs, and many articles on the subject. You can find my book, Atheism What's It All About? on Amazon and my YouTube channel is handle is at doubter five. Remember, everybody's going to somebody else's hell. The time to worry about is when they prove that heavens and hells and souls are real. Until then, don't sweat it. Enjoy your life. We'll see you next Wednesday night at seven o'clock on WOZO Radio. Say bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.